is where we're going to look. We'll, we'll actually kind of, in some way, go through chapter 18 and then enter, you know, in the early parts of chapter 19. Uh, so, uh, in the very f- beginning of uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 7, it says, if you look at verse 7, it says, And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and fell on his face, and said, Art thou uh, that my Lord Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And uh, if you'll skip down to verse 15 now, verse 15, it says, Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. Now I want you to key on that today. He says, uh, what's all this about to take place is going to be happening today. Today. And so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit, guide my mind, my thoughts. Help me to, to do this with clarity. And Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, I don't know who this might help this morning, but I, I think that it might be a help and a blessing to someone. So Lord, I know you guided me toward this direction and even changed me a time or two and 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 what I was going to say so Lord I I ask you please Spirit of God I ask you to fill me with your presence Lord I I yield myself to thee and and Holy Spirit of God I ask you for a fresh anointing right now I need you I need your clarity and strength uh, as we deliver this message please in Jesus name amen um Apparently, and as we're going to be reading this, apparently this must be taken, this little bit we just read, must be taking place pretty early in the morning in the day because there's a lot of things that are just about to take place throughout the rest of the day. But apparently early in the morning, Elijah meets with Obadiah. Then the morning progresses, and you go to verse 17. If you look at verse 17, it says, It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. You know, uh, this is not my message at all, but that's kind of where we are in the world today. You know, we're the ones troubling the nation. Uh, and, but that's what they, they, they want to point all the fingers at us, you know, that we're the ones causing, causing the trouble. Uh, but it's not the truth at all, of course. Uh, it says, verse 19, Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the grove 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And so uh, they're going to get all these false prophets together, and uh, hundreds of them, and you got... You got Elijah, the prophet of God. And so, you see, now what's happening here is Elijah preaches, so to speak, to Ahab. He's going to, he's, that's what's really taking place here. He's preaching to Ahab. He's facing the king. Now, we know Elijah is the man of God, but, but I'm going to just tell you, you know, sometimes even as, as a man of God, you know, you, you still come under some stress and pressure when you're in, in front of people that, that really can affect your life greatly. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's like me when I, when I go, you know, and I've gone a few times, even in recent years, to try to help some people, and uh, in, in recent days, and trying to help some people, and you go into that courtroom, you still, it's a lot of stress. You come out with a headache. 
Uh, you really do. And so, uh, but then Elijah preaches to the people and to the prophets of Baal. And, and truthfully, it's, it's not even really noonday yet. It says, uh, verse 21, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? That's stressful when you got to face up your people and say, Okay, y'all, it's time to quit fooling around. You better make a decision who you're going to serve. You know, you say, well, that's easy to say. It really isn't. It it, it creates a, you know, there's a lot of, uh, when when, uh, my preacher taught us years ago, he said said that preaching one sermon, really preaching one hour-long sermon is like working an eight-hour day physically. And people don't really understand it, but, but often you're just sapped. You're just drained after you teach and after you preach. And so, but it's, he said, and Elijah came unto the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Man, it's just so simple. It just says, look, decide who you're going to follow. Decide who is God in your life. And, it's in the, and the people answered him, not a word. And then uh, said Elijah unto the people. Uh, man, there's so much here. Uh, the, the peop- then said Elijah unto the people, I even, I only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock. And I want you to know the terminology. I will dress the other. 450 going to dress one bullock and put it on wood and put it on uh, an altar. But I will will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under and call you on the names of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. You know, it's a shame that our people have to get to the point that they have to, that, that it has to be fire fall from heaven before they'll trust God. But that's where we are. And again, uh, there's a lot going on here. Now look at verse 26. And they took the bullock when, uh, which was given them, and they dressed it. And they, they dressed it. There's 450 of them. And called on the name of Baal from morning until, uh, even until noon. So we know all this. Everything that's gone on so far, it's been a pretty, day, pretty busy day already for, for Elijah. And everything that's gone on so far, and we're just now going to make it to noon. You understand this? Okay, I just, I want you to grab this. And, and they were saying, uh, until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us, but there was no voice, nor any that answered, and there'll never be. And so, and they leaped upon the altar which was made, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry loud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure, he sleepeth and must be awakened. And, uh, and they cried loud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances till the blood gushed out upon them. And so all this is taking place, and it's, it's really right noon now, just shortly. Now we're just moving past noon. Verse 29, and it came to pass when midday was past. So now we're past noon. We're, you know, we're, we're heading toward the latter, you know, the afternoon. And they prophesied unto the time of the offering and the evening sacrifice. So uh, this is going to continue on all afternoon, as we had understand afternoon, into the evening. And so uh, even the offering sacrifice, they, there was neither voice nor any answer nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And, he, and, and now watch this now, the terminology. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah 
took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar. Now, what? He made a trench about the altar. Not, not they did, he did, about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. He dug, he dug a trench himself after he's gathered 12 big stones for an altar. And, and, and look at all that's going on. Here. And he, verse 33, and he put wood in order and cut the bullock in pieces and laid him on the wood. Now watch this now. He gathered the wood. He built the altar. He gathered the wood. He dug the trench. He skinned the, the, the bullock. He, he cut it in pieces. Anybody ever gut it and, and cut anything in pieces? No. Well, Mike and, you know, we got like three people. Okay. That's not easy either. Okay. This has been a long day. You understand? It's been a long day. Now, finally, he's going to let somebody else do something. He says, fill our ba- four barrels with water and put it on the, burnt, on the burnt sacrifice. Notice his faith, the burnt sacrifice. And on the wood, and he said, do it the second time. And they did the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. So this is the only place, really, that, that Elijah's letting anybody else do anything. Pour the water in. And the water ran about, uh, ran about the altar, and he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, that I am thy servant, that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and thou hast turned their heart back again. Watch this now. He's preaching another sermon. He's preaching, and watch this, he's preaching another sermon by faith. And listen, we all want to live by faith, and when we preach, we preach, we live by faith. But when you're in the midst of preaching that faith, and you're going to have to see the results really quickly, that's a lot of stress. I just, I'm sorry, you're a human being, it's like, I believe, oh God, help me. Now, he says in verse 37, well, let's see, I think I got off of here. And it came to pass the time of the evening offering, let's see here. Verse 37, hear me, O Lord, hear me, <laughs> that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned uh, their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, let me just tell you again, when that just happened, after you've been telling him it would, when you got 450 prophets of Baal and you just told them what's going to happen and you just stood out here by faith and it just happened, you just have a relief. That's when you just go, oh man, it's time to sit down. Praise God. All right. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, 
He is the God. And Elijah sent unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, because his day's not done yet. Take the prophets of Baal, and let not one of them escape. And they took them. Now, you understand, they didn't kill them. They just took them. They captured them for Elijah. So now Elijah, it says, And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Now that's one man. That's a lot. That is, that is one incredible day. And I know we think, you know, that, that one man just, well, where, you know, he just killed everybody? Yeah, I have to, you, you, it's kind of like Sergeant York, you know, you, you know, he didn't want to go to war because he didn't want to kill anybody, and he finally decided to, to fight because uh, he was saving lives instead of k- taking lives. Well, this same thing, prophets of Baal are taking lives. They're doing human sacrifices. They're, they're butchering the people. Now, you think, surely this poor guy, his day is done. But after all this, Elijah preaches and challenges Ahab. Now he's going to go face the king again. And Elijah said unto Ahab, verse 41, I'm sorry, look at verse 41. Verse 41, it says, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And, of course, that's because there's been a, a famine and, and, so, uh, and, and, and a drought. And, so, uh, and then Elijah, now listen to this, then Elijah in fear, He's been under stress. He's been under pressure, maybe in anxiety. He travels from Jezreel to Beersheba. Now, he leaves now. And why? If you look at 1 Kings chapter 19, look at this. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough. O now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise. And he, now, you see, Elijah, at this point, he's going to finish off his day preaching to Ahab. And now Ahab's going back to his wife Jezebel. And Jezebel even more wicked than Ahab. You know, it's an amazing thing, and I'll just say this. You know, I'm not sure if I should or shouldn't, but, but I'll just say this. That, you know, men can be wicked, but women can be incredibly wicked. Men are wicked by reason, but you get a woman's emotion into that wickedness. Wow. Okay, we lost half the crowd. (laughs) 
We love you, Brother Hooker. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. Now, this is an amazing long day, and, and now Ahab goes back to his wife Jezebel and, and says, what's, and she, she makes a vow that, that, uh, that uh, Elijah is going to die. It's an extremely incredible long day. Now, Elijah, in his weariness, and, and you know, the, the saying is, came from World War II, you know, weariness makes cowards of us all. And I believe that what he's facing is, is a, an emotional weariness. I think he's facing a physical weariness. It's been a long day. I think he's facing a spiritual weariness. And again, you may have to be a preacher to understand this or somebody that really teaches with, with vigor uh, the Word of God. But when you do and you, 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 you give out, it pours out of you. And, and you, you feel often, it's a very dangerous time, honestly, because you've poured out. and you've, Sometimes you can almost feel empty and weak and vulnerable and so i believe that's where ahab is at this time and 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 now in the, in the midst of this incredible weakness he's going to travel begin his journey from jezreel uh, at there near mount carmel he's going to begin his journey to uh, beersheba which is probably they say they got different estimates but at least a hundred miles away so he's going to begin a journey 100 miles away. Now, normally we think of maybe traveling about 20 miles a day, but I don't think so. When you got somebody coming after you to kill you, I don't think he's stopping. I think he's, he's going. He may collapse someplace along the way and sleep maybe an hour or two, but he's going to get up and keep going. So probably he made this trip maybe two and a half days or maybe, you know, I don't know exactly, a little bit about, uh, you know, like Jonah. You know, he, may be, he made this uh, three-day journey in a day. You know, he's going to travel, and he's, he's spending a lot. Now, he gets to, to Beersheba, and he doesn't stop there. He drops off his servant, probably because his servant's about to pass out. The servant thinking, okay, dude, we gone long enough. And he goes another day's journey into the wilderness. And you understand, the wilderness, there's nothing there. And he's going there because he's so expended, he's so exhausted, I guarantee you he, from, the, from where, what he's going to tell us in a moment, he's in depression because he's so wiped out physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, he's done. And he walks out a days into the wilderness and he came and sat under a juniper tree, and he requested, requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough. You ever been there? You ever been there when you just said, look, I'm done. I went, the ministry that I was in, I was seven days a week for years. Seven days a week, just going uh, 50 hours a week minimal at the college, and then we'd hit the weekend, and the weekend was like a nonstop vigil, just, uh, you know, just going from, from uh, Saturday morning, it, it really started Friday night in many ways, and but early Saturday morning until late Sunday night, it was just almost nonstop. 
And there were, there were times where, you know, and I've said so many times, you know, I, okay, under the battle from the base, under the, the weariness of the body, under sickness that came into my life, there were times I just said, okay, I'm done. I can't go anymore. It says, as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking in the, on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat. And drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. You see, after everything that's going on, all this, God will speak and direct Elijah again. But something had to take place before God's even going to give him direction. So, my message this morning is what I do when weakness overwhelms me. What do I do when weakness overwhelms me? What do I do when my weakness causes my job to suffer even for me to lose my job? What do I do when my weakness causes me to feel as though I'm failing at being a husband or being a wife? What do I do when my weakness causes me to feel that I'm failing at being a father or being a mother? When my weakness causes me to feel I've failed at being a Christian. When my weakness causes me to feel I've failed myself, my goals, and my desires. When my weakness causes me to feel that I've failed God. And I know, I know, listen, I'm much as anybody, and I preach this all the time. I know that determination through failure leads us to success. But I'm talking about this morning, but what if my weakness has drained my determination to push on? First, we must realize, listen, I'm going to just give you a little bit of uh, uh, some thoughts in the next 10, 12 minutes here. It hap- First of all, realize this. Uh, everybody ex- will experience periods of weakness. Everybody's going to go through it. Everybody's going to face it at some time. Now, for different reasons, but we're going to face it. It may be illness. You, you may have, okay, Joe Beth, uh, she didn't just get the flu. She got the flu and the flu and the flu. Okay, for about a month, it just wouldn't go away. And, and, and look, that might be where you're at. You might be on an extended illness and may, much worse than the flu. You may be on something that just won't let up. Poor Mrs. Felton, she's just battling with this back and, and back, going to have surgery. But, but, you know, I know, I know her. I know she'd dearly love to be sitting in church right now. But you, you say, well, well, I know she's good and spiritual and strong. Can I tell you, it still wearies you. But it happens to all of us. Weakness leads often to a fail or a, a fall or a failure in our character, in our Christian testimony. Just as Elijah came to the point he wanted to die, but because uh, he was physically, emotionally, spiritually consumed. 
And so, you, look, you got to be very careful during these times. you got to be very, very careful. You've got to surround yourself with people who will encourage you in the Lord. He was in all ways exhausted to the point he felt he could not go on. Anyone that truly cares about people, about family, about the church, about the cause of Christ, about reaching others. Listen, if you care, if you just care, uh, you will come to a moment when you, when you have extended and expended yourself. We often judge ourselves and others when we are weak mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I want you to understand, we've got to be careful during these times. When you are weak, here's, here's something encouraging. One, you've got to be careful and keep pe- right people around you. You don't need judgmental people. You don't need anybody to come to you and tell you why you're sick. Okay, you don't need anybody coming and telling you you'd be better if. Okay, you don't need, just, just uh, God bless you. There's the door. Here's your hat. Here's your coat. We're, let's you hurry. You know what I mean? You need somebody to look at you and say, I believe in you. But here's, here's something. Let me show you this. This is what's incredible. This is so good. The Lord believes in you. Watch this now. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. Come on now. You're serving God and you're weary in the service of God. You may stumble, but God says, you won't fall. You're not going to fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. That's a pretty strong hand. Hey, we, we are in his hand. We know that from the word of God. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. But listen to this. I love this one. Uh, Psalm 49, 15, 16. Can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget. Listen to this. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Listen to me. Deep in the depths of exhaustion, sickness, and failure, it can be difficult to understand the heart of God. But I'm telling you, the Word of God, if you'll, if you'll just seek it, if you'll, when you can't, you're too weary to read, when you got migraines and you can't see, listen to it. Listen to the Word of God. When, when we are sick, confused, hurt, exhausted, weary of body and spirit, we may ask God at times, why would you allow this? Why would you do this to me? And we may also ask, why would you even love me when I've messed up so bad? Because we feel like somehow we must have failed God or we wouldn't be in this situation. What we must realize is not a momentary choice made by God about us. Listen, you got to understand God doesn't look at us in our time of weakness and say, let me, t- let me decide what I think about them. He doesn't look at us and say, well, you know, let me just, just decide whether I, I really want them or not. He can't. I'm already graven in his hands. Do you understand? That's not a tattoo, folks. That's been cut, engraved into his hands. Does that do anything for anybody? This blesses me. John 3, 17. 
uh, says, For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but through the world, uh, but that the world through him might be saved. The great enemy during these times is not the failure, it's not our sickness, our weariness, or our discouragement, rather the condemning spirit that comes to us during these times. Please be careful. So often we condemn ourselves, we condemn others, we even condemn God. This is the real danger. God will get you through whatever you're going through. But folks, don't let the devil use that time of weakness to bring in a spirit of condemnation. You know, when I was, when I was playing ball, especially uh, uh, batting in, in the, uh, you know, playing, playing ball, I pitched, and, but, but I, you know, I, I was decent at batting, but I would go and, and, uh, and I would come up and, and uh, I, I just mentally, I expected to get a hit every time. Nobody does, but that was my mindset. I was supposed to. And so I, I would come away sometime, and maybe I even struck out. I think that happened once, but... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I struck out, and I would come walking back, and my daddy would say to me, forget it, son. Forget it. And, I, and, and I'm like, I can't forget it. And he would look at me, and he said, son, if you don't forget it, you will repeat it. If you don't let go of it, it's going to happen again. And, and what he meant was, when I go up, stand up there for, for my next at bat, and all I'm thinking about is the fact that I just struck out, you know what I'm going to do? I'm probably going to strike out again. Now, there's another thing that, that he didn't say it to me, but, but in an in immature mind, we may, we, we may blame uh, the, the umpire that we struck out. He called a bogus call. I had to swing at a bad pitch because he's calling all of them that are bad. They're not even strikes. Watch this. That's the same thing we do with God. We blame the authority. Stop analyzing and dwelling on your shortcomings. Stop dwelling on the perceived injustice of your situation. One of the great methods of, uh, of attack Satan uses against us is our minds. A condemning spirit which is not of God... Now, when it takes over, it continually seeks someone to blame. Now, it'll blame, it'll blame you. Or it'll get you to blame somebody, and then you'll feel guilty about blaming somebody. Then you'll blame yourself. Now, what's the answer? And, and I'm almost done. I, this is so simple. But listen, folks, this is not psychological. This is biblical. Okay, I want to show you this straight out of the Bible, but it's so simple. Look back at what God did for Elijah when Elijah had poured himself out for God. He let him sleep. Look, it is amazing to me. He let him sleep. He woke him up and fed him. And watch this. Then he let him go back to sleep. Do you know sometimes, folks, you just need to do that? Sometimes you just need to realize you need rest. And you need rest you know, three different times at pastor school. And only people, old folks, even understand what pastor school was. But, but pastor school, three different times when I finished pastor school, he asked my wife, I ended up in a hospital. 
Three different times, I ended up in the hospital because of the schedule I can't and before and during pastor school, and I went up in the hospital, and listen to me, it was a good thing I went because I slept for days. And the only time I woke up was to eat. And look, this is exactly what God does with Elijah. He lets him sleep. And when he wakes up, he feeds him. And watch as he feeds him, got his belly full, and he goes back to sleep. And God let him do it. And when he woke up a second time, he fed him again. I know this seems so incredibly simple, but folks, let me, I beg you. Your health, your spiritual health is more important than the dollar. Your health and your spiritual health is is vital to you being able to continue to help your family, to help your church, to help others. The people that work around, and I try to do this, maybe they don't feel like, but, but I'm always saying to them, are you doing too much? Have we put too much on you? We can't pay you enough. I can't pay Amy enough to, for all that she does. But I can at least care that she's not doing too much. I'm not going to feed her, but... <laughs> so, physically, if you feel exhausted, start by getting some rest. If rest helps, now I want you to understand this. If rest helps, and you understand this here, I'll explain in just a second, but if rest helps, then you're probably going to need to get a little more rest. When you're weary, rest. Because if you don't, you'll continue to get more weary, and somewhere in that weariness, you'll be like Elijah. I'm done. I want to quit. If rest, now listen to this, if rest makes you more tired, listen to me now, this, there's some things I'm getting, you know, what I just gave you straight from this biblical illustration, now I'm going to give you something from experience. If rest makes you more tired, then probably it's more mental, spiritual than it is physical. And here's what I'm going to tell you. When that happens, when you realize I'm trying to get rest and I'm getting out of bed and I'm feeling more tired every time I lay down, I feel more tired, and I keep going back and laying down, I feel more tired, I'm going to just challenge you to get up and go take a walk in the brisk cold air. Go do something. Go get a little bit active. Go take a walk, do something, uh, get Go, go someplace to help somebody. Now, I do believe you got to get out and breathe air every once in a while. But if you, you, know, if you bake cookies, if you make something, take it to somebody that needs help. Do something for somebody else because probably what has happened is you got weary. Now you've gotten the rest, but you have not pulled out of the emotional stress that you were in. And I'm going to just tell you that sometimes you just 
need to get the body moving again. You just need to get some exercise. I, I didn't know it to, to be so vital, but one of the things that helped me pull out of after I got out of the hospital four, five years ago almost now is that I'd already had, God had already led me some years before to begin a walk, uh, a nightly walk with him, and, and I was compelled at the moment I had some strength, the moment I could, and it might be a hundred yards, but I was going to get back outside and walk. And can I tell you, that helped me because sitting in a chair trying to heal, sitting inside the house, sitting there, you, you start to get more and more depressed. You start to get more and more discouraged. I'd rested, I'd slept. What I needed was to have purpose, to feel like I had life. My time's almost up, but I, number uh, next it, is uh, that eat. God, in this example, God said rest, and he said eat. Now, but watch this now. Eat healthy. Okay? This is not your normal Sunday morning message, but I'm trying to do something. I don't know who this will help, and I but I believe that it will help all of us at some point in time. But eat healthy. I don't believe that the Lord fed, him, you know, uh, fed Elijah cocoa puffs. I really don't. I don't think he gave him some chocolate-covered angel food cake. No. I don't even know if they have that, but I just created it. It sounds really good. But I don't think he did that because, listen, if you don't eat right, you're just going to feel worse. Now, after resting and eating, we're, 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 believe it or not, we're following the biblical procedure that's in here, the illustration. After resting and eating... Listen, because the Lord didn't recuperate you to do nothing. He recuperated you for him to use you and empower you. And here's what we don't understand. If you'll make it through those times, if you'll follow God's procedure and just say, okay, I'm going to rest. And I'm going to eat good, and if I need to, I'm going to get some more rest. And if I'm well rested and I'm still struggling a little bit emotionally and mentally, spiritually, then I'm, I'm going to take a walk in God's creation, breathe his air, and talk to him. But listen now, he's done all of this so now that he could greatly use you. All of this in Elijah's life came and was, and because God was going to do something amazing with him. If you'll notice the final statement, he went and lived 40 days off of the meat that God brought him. Not long after this, he's going to be caught up in a chariot of fire. God was going to do something incredible in Elijah's life. And it wasn't, it wasn't the killing of the prophets of Baal. Truthfully, a lot of Elijah's strength was used that day. It was going to come after. After he felt like he couldn't go on, God was going to show him, I came. I gave you what you needed. I strengthened you because I've got something 
even greater for you to do. The difference is you've just learned something, Elijah. You're not going to do it in your strength at all. You're going to do it in the strength and power of God. You see, folks, understand that your spiritual tank, once emptied, and often we empty it for good things, it must be refilled or you will begin to burn physical fuel and you will continue to do so until you burn out. God, and I've got so much more to say here, but God wants to do something in our lives. And I, I, I'm blending a story, an illustration with the experience of life. And I've seen that after I've gone through it, after I followed a simple procedure. After we got the food and the rest, we began to listen to the Lord. God has done greater things. Greater things. Because it was done in His power. His strength. Not to say that the things we were doing before were not. I believe Elijah was coming in the faith of God, in the strength of the Lord. But, you know, we are all in a growing process. And, and he, God was eliminating more of Elijah so he could increase more of God. And that's what God may be doing with your life right now. Eliminating more of us so we can increase more of him. Father, I pray that you'd bless this morning, Lord. I don't know.